the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As we begin our time together today, we do so taking a look at the gifts that Jesus has left his church. From Romans 12, it's Abounding Grace, next. Here, in chapter 12 of the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul lays out for us these gifts that Jesus has left for us, the church, and to what end they are left for. It is part of a mini-series as we continue our journey through Romans. We find ourselves here in this passage of chapter 12, looking at Christ and his gifts. We'll spend the rest of the week focusing on chapter 12 today, verses 3 through 8, in Christ and his gifts, part 1. Here's Pastor Gary and today's edition of Abounding Grace. None of us can even do one of these things like Jesus. So he spreads these gifts throughout the whole body. He knows that we need encouragement because we have burdens. Now today we didn't come here to talk about our burdens and our needs directly. But we would have to all confess we have them. We feel them. We're weighed down with them. In fact, we feel with Paul very often, as he said, who will deliver me from this body of death? The evil that I do, don't want to do, I do. The good that I want to do, I don't do. Help me, Lord. So the Lord Jesus, because he is so big, so powerful, so glorious, so full of life, John says in John chapter 1, verse 16, of his fullness, of his plethora, of his abundance, we have all received grace unto grace, unto grace, unto grace, because everything we need is found in him. So he gives some in the body the particular gift of encouragement, because we all need that kind of motivation and that compassion to serve the Lord faithfully. He is abundant in his giving, as we read here. And I'm just going to giving you a broad summary today. But no one is as generous as the Lord Jesus. Think about when he fed the 5,000. The disciples brought him merely a little brown bag of lunch. And they said, Lord, what is that among so many? But the question they should have asked is, Lord, this is everything among you, is it not? Because you have everything in yourself. So he not only fed them, he gave them out of his abundance. But that can't happen because matter can't. No matter does what the Lord tells it to do. That's the only thing this physical universe exists for. It doesn't exist as fodder for scientists and experimentation. It it exists to 
to serve its creator. So when he says multiply, that bread says sure, no problem. No one said there that day, hey, I'm in the back over here. I'm the 25,000th person sitting on the grass because the 5,000 was just the men. That didn't include the women and the children. No, everybody ate of his abundance. Everybody. There were even 12 baskets left. And Jesus said, don't waste anything. Don't waste one snippet of my grace and my fullness. And because he is so generous while you and I struggle with stinginess. He gives some people in the body the ability to give more in terms of time, and energy, resources, and emotion. You know, sometimes we complain, well, that person is just so emotional, and they cry at the drop of a hat. Well, so could Jesus. He may not have given you that gift, But don't look down on someone else because they do. Because that is just like him. And if you're not comfortable with crying, you can't be comfortable with Jesus. Because he wept when he saw our condition. He wept when he felt the load of our sin. Don't look at other people and say, well, they're not like me. Oh, God be praised is what we should be saying when we look around and see everyone is not like me. Jesus is too big for any of us to be the model. Look at me. Look at my family. Look at the way I think about things. Model me every over here. I am the way. Walk ye in it. No, Jesus alone must be our model. Now, he mentions here the gift of leading government. I mean, we need a king, don't we? Yes, because we're just too stupid. Sheep will just butt their heads continuously into a bobbed wire fence until blood is dripping everywhere. So we need a king to come along and say, okay, enough of that. Enough of that sin. I'm going to put enough pressure on your life so that you will stop butting your head up against the barbed wire fence of your own stupidity. And to some in the body, he gives the gift to go alongside under him and shepherd and protect the flock. So what is the point here? Too often, when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, our attention immediately goes to me. What is my gift? Where am I supposed to serve? What is my place? Let's just be honest for a second. You and I don't have any gifts. We don't have any gifts. The entire way the New Testament presents this is that Christ alone is the gifted one. If we have anything, it is because it comes through him. They're not ours. So instead of our thinking, when we talk about these various gifts over this week and the next couple of times we're together, we should not talk about the gifts before we talk about the gift, the giver. 
Because remember what John said. I quoted it just a minute ago. John 1.16. Think about this verse and find a quiet place this week and meditate for an hour on it. Of his fullness, his abundance, which we have all received. His abundance, beloved, not ours. So instead of being turned inward, oh no, this is going to be about me having to do something. But I I really don't want to do anything. I like my little life and I don't want to be jarred out of my comfort zone. This isn't about that. Well, are there personality tests? No, there won't be any. Gifts are not connected to personality necessarily. We trust, my friends, way too much in tests, our diagnoses, our labels, because in many respects, they are a fear control mechanism. Because if I can label it, I can control it. Wrong. Wrong. God does not rule your life by the labels that men have put on your problems. So that is not what we are going for here today. We're going for the Lord Jesus Christ. All the gifts are in Him. So do we desire a gift? Do we desire to learn better our place within the body of Christ? Then we must look toward the Lord Jesus Christ. John three thirty four. God doesn't give the Spirit by measure to Him. Therefore, it's not limited. He is the one with the fullness. He is the life. So if we want more joy, more usefulness, more clarity about where we can serve and exactly what we are supposed to be doing, we must begin with the Lord Jesus as with everything else. Allow me to give just a 30-second counseling session. Every problem, every crisis... Every sin that you have to deal with, whatever the specific things God is trying to teach you, you actually know the general things to do. But that's the problem. We don't want to do those. What are they? Come to Christ. Call upon the name of the Lord. Abide in Christ's word more fervently. Instead, we... No, no, there has to be something else. There is nothing else. There is nothing else. Let's just focus on one problem in our lives. Do you think I, you, anyone is going to solve the problems God has brought into your life? Beloved, unless we are doing the basic things that he commands us to do, being faithful in the little things every day, we will find no relief. So abide in Christ. Why? Because he is the life. Seek Christ. Why? Because he has the fullness Draw near to the Lord Jesus. Call upon the Father in His name. Why? Because He is the one who gives the gift. He's the one with the grace. For He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through Him. Now there's one other thing we need to do in context to the body, the church, 
and that is draw closer to it. You know, when I was about eight years old, I was roughhousing with a couple of friends of mine, and all of a sudden I heard a pop. I had dislocated my shoulder, and my arm was just literally hanging there. I couldn't move it. But you know, my arm didn't whisper in my ear the next morning, hey, listen, I'm coming off the shoulder for a while because I think I'll get better if I'm off the shoulder. I think I'll get better if I just live by myself for a while and do my own thing and just focus on armness. No, the arm got better attached to the shoulder, attached to the body. So one of the ways we find Christ's gifts, His grace, particularly even if we don't know it, is by drawing close to the body and serving it. I can honestly say, and maybe this is wrong to imply, but I have never thought in my Christian life, what is my gift? I never thought of it in those terms because it is so American. And Americanism is anti-Christian increasingly in its thinking. Paul doesn't say, you need to figure out what your gift is. He says, this is what Jesus gives to the body, so draw near to the body. You love the body, you minister to the body, and then the Lord Jesus Christ will make it clear what he wants you to do in the life of your particular congregation. This is one of the reasons there in verse 6 that the Holy Spirit reminds us that not only are there different gifts, but they are given according to the grace that is given to us. Now, grace is a word that normally reminds us of something that is given undeserved. And that is true here, but there's more. He is teaching us that all these gifts come from Christ. They're not intended to make us self-focus. So if anyone is gifted to teach, it is Christ in him. If someone is gifted to show mercy, compassion, it is Christ in him. Are there a lot of someones who are gifted to weep with those who weep? Well, because we can get hard and cold and It is crying that keeps us moist and alive. Yes, he gives that gift. That is Jesus working that in them. It is Jesus who does all these things. Of course, we cannot boast in any particular gift that we have because everything we have, Paul told the Corinthians in the first letter to them, chapter 4, verse 7, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? As if it came from you some way. It did not. It came from the Lord Jesus Christ. The graciousness, therefore, of these gifts must powerfully impress us again with, I've got to go to Jesus. I've got to walk with him. I need to be in his word. If I want to find my place, I'm not going to find it in here. I'm not going to find my place by saying, now, how do I fit in? Where do I go and what do I do? 
And what is my personality type? And let me see if I can mesh with that. We find our place as Jesus puts us in the place he wants us to go as we walk with him and love his word and look at him, as I said at the beginning, and say, Lord, you are my life. I'm yours. Save me. Do what you will with me. I'm not the controller here. I'm not the general of my life. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price, the precious blood of the Lamb of God. So, Lord, you do with me what you will. My hands off. No demands. Smash my idols. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. The graciousness of these gifts also teaches us that the church is unique. Now listen carefully here. No other place is Jesus' home like the church because this is his body. It is his dwelling place. And our families certainly enjoy this fullness but it is only because that family and its members are connected to the body, to Christ. A nation can be righteous. We've seen this in history, and they have enjoyed prosperity, including here in America. But again, that is only because its kings, its leaders, its people come to the altar of God in His church, lay their gifts before it, and submit to be taught by His law. We often forget, you see, Psalm 87 too. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Now that doesn't mean He doesn't love the dwelling places of the individual families of Jacob. He does. But in a unique sense, he loves his bride even more. Jesus said in Revelation 3, If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him, and he with me and the Father too. So it is in the body of Christ that Jesus eats and drinks with us and fellowships with us through one another, and that he teaches us through one another. And that is where the rub is. Because we think, well, if he, has, if he was here himself doing that, I would stay. I would be happier. I would be more involved, whatever it may be. But because he chooses to do this through one another, we get our back up because we know that man puts his pants on just like I do. And we think that woman is going to be a vessel of Christ to me, a messenger of the Lord, Jesus to encourage me. Really? You see, part of the reason Jesus organized and rules over the church in this way is very, very simple. It's to humble our pride. Because each one of us thinks, and more so in this particular time of history, and in the West, and in this nation, because it is so driven home as one of Satan's biggest missiles of this day, I am sufficient. Just be yourself. Do your own thing. You know, girls even leave home. And the first thing they do is, I'm going to get myself a tattoo. 
I'm going to show the world my individuality. Really? That's the best you can do? Now, if you were to cut off your arms and sew them to your head, okay, that would probably be individuality. I mean, we could go on and on and on with this. And I'm not thinking of anyone in particular with this. I'm just using a rather low example to show that we are just so self-absorbed. And even within congregations and Christian families, we fall into this. But life is not about us. Life is all about Jesus. Life is about his life within us. Because without it, my dear friends, we have no life. None. So the Lord Jesus loves Christian families. And he will help yours. Men, you need to be on your face. Gather your family around an open Bible and allow no interruptions and no refusals. If you want the Lord Jesus to bless your family, you have got to invite him in. So men, as the head of your family, invite him in through your own prayers, through your own reading of Scripture and with your family. Because the Lord Jesus loves Christian families and he wants to bless them. He wants to encourage them. He wants to build them up. And nothing Satan can do or hurl at a family that is grounded on God's word will overturn God's purposes for that family. But just remember, he particularly uniquely loves his body his church, his bride, for she is his home. Now we'll begin to actually look at the different gifts next week and we'll look like it will most likely overflow into the next week and probably another week or two. But let me do just a little bit of house cleaning first. I don't think there is an order necessarily to these gifts. Commentators are divided on this, but I don't see it. I don't necessarily think he goes from most important to the least important. I don't think there's any kind of ordering at all necessarily. Some may be able to find it. I have not been able to. But this is one of three or four places in Scripture that set forth a partial list of Christ's gifts. I find it interesting that some of these he didn't put in the Corinthian letter that um, Ken read earlier. And some of theirs he didn't put in this letter of Romans. It's almost as if to say, listen, I love your congregation, but even you can't have all of me. No one congregation can. I'm just too big. I'm just too glorious. I'm just too full of life. So I'll give you things that are of particular importance to your congregation. In other words, no congregation can contain fully Jesus Christ. And that includes this one. That includes us. He is just too big. He's too glorious. He's too full of life. So Jesus spreads his gifts over his entire body. So maybe doing something over there, he's not doing here, and vice versa. 
but oh, think about it. Isn't that wonderful? We need to praise him in this. That is why Paul can say, wherever Christ is preached, I rejoice. I greatly rejoice. They may not look at everything just as we do. They may not dot all the I's and cross all the T's and do all the things just as we do, just like us. But is Christ preached there? Do men there look to him for their everything and seek to be governed by his word? If so, praise God, because Jesus is too big for any particular congregation. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. That's four zero eight eight six six five six zero seven. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB. That stands for Post Mailbox Number four zero two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.